Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, things are definitely needle up for the Tampa Bay Rays. They get a couple of home runs from Isak Paredes in their win over the Mets. They're going to get some pitchers back. Tyler Glass now was lights out in his rehab start in Durham. Doesn't seem to be any injury problems there. Um, this is a this this could wind up being a pretty successful road trip at the end of the day uh, for the Rays, and we're going to talk about some Yankee suspicion of cheating <laughs> of all things. Pot kettle. Taylor Walls? Well, no, he's not on the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, all that coming up on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. Um, okay, so let's start with the fact that uh, this this Rays team offensively. Now we've seen them get shut down, you know, in some some close games. Not necessarily on this road trip, except in Baltimore, uh, where you don't want to get into the seventh inning trailing to those guys because their bullpen is so strong. But they left Baltimore and they they've been swinging the bats well as they have all year before this game. And just for full disclosure, as we're doing this podcast, they have eight runs on the board uh, in the bottom of the eighth, so it might wind up more than that. But. Uh, I saw a, a number that they were averaging going into this game just under seven runs a game, just under it. It's incredible how many – I mean, that many runs per game? They're 40, saw what they did 43 in the games series. into the season, yeah, including Tuesday night. And right. 21 times they've scored eight or more runs. I mean, that that that's unheard of, man. This is not – That's a lot of Papa John's American pizza in ball. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, they're giving away, yeah, two for ones, man. And they I mean, do it for six runs, not eight. I mean, and over yeah, half the games have been scoring eight. Yeah, I think I think the marketer, uh, marketing, uh, you know, account for for the Rays and 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 Papa John's might might be changing soon, but it is a, literally a different guy every night, or so it seems. Um, Paredes, who has been an amazing find. Um, Hit Cheater. not one, but but two, yeah, <laughs> but but two home runs. But we'll get to that. Two home runs, one off the uh, fair pole in left field, and not against just anybody, right? Against Jason Verlander. A couple of things about Verlander. One, dude's pitched eighteen seasons, man. <laughs> you realize that, and he's still making what forty five million dollars, fifty million dollars a year, and able to deal from the mound. But they got him. They got him, and uh, he made a couple of mistakes, and they hit it out of the yard. Um, but but no slouch there. I think when he left, he might have been trailing like six to nothing or something like that. So they they jumped on him, and the Mets have been struggling, particularly offensively. That's kind of been their thing. Although Pete Alonso, Tampa, Tampa zone, my God, that guy's a beast, man. What's he got? He's got fourteen home runs now already. He entered the game. He was second, I think, in the majors. And he just he just blasted one. And you can be proud of that guy, both on and off the field, being from from Tampa, mm-hmm. um, just a, just a superstar. But yeah, I mean this this offense has has just continued to be prolific, and they still have some guys that aren't quite all the way back, like a Brandon Lau, who's starting to 
make better contact and, and, and get, get a few hits here and there. Still batting third in the lineup, which I don't quite get. I think I would have dropped them a little safer down to maybe sixth or seventh. That's just me. I'm not the two-time manager of the year in Kevin Cash. Um, but it just it's all working for them. And, of course, the one constant that they've had that's still there is is the pitching and the defense. They they you know uh, they started Jalen Beeks. He did great. Um, you know they're 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 still able to spackle it together because they're down a few pitchers. And if they get, or I should say, when they get Tyler Glass now back, even having lost Jeffrey Spings and and what oh, Drew Rasmussen, I guess, mm-hmm. um, they're still going to be a very very formidable uh, pitching staff, especially at the at the top of that of that rotation. So it, it's, it just all keeps going. Like they just, they just keep piling on the runs, piling on the wins. And, you know, they're going to end up if they, if they wind up this series, winning this series, you're going to end up with a very successful longest road trip of the year. Let me give you another stat of this team. Love it. From ESPN. The Rays now have 10 different players with at least five home runs this season. The only team in MLB history to have 10 different players with five home runs before playing 50 games of a season. They did it in 43 games. Wow. And how many of the Rays played? 43. They played 43 games. They're the first team to do it in less than 50 games, and they did it in 43. Wow. 10 players with five home runs. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously, if you've got five home runs now in 43 games, you could hit, what, 20, 25, right, for the season. I mean, yeah, you're essentially Presumably. just past the quarter, po- quarter pole. Yeah. So 20 home runs for each of those guys. I mean, you could right. have 10 players with 20 home runs. 10 players with 20 home runs and, and about two or three guys uh, that can end up with 40, 35 or 40, including Taylor Walls, <laughs> which is weird to say but that's 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 the other part of this that doesn't make sense to me now i did see a number and credit us because you got to listen to sports day tampa bay to get all the latest information and and frankly before it's it's out there other places did you see where one of our followers one of our listeners i guess it was uh rooting for uf yes uh there was an updated uh home run figures Pretty bonkers home run totals update from the 2023 season through the same number of weeks in 2023. Uh, same number of weeks, 16,649 home runs, 2.25 per game. In 2022, it was 14,452, 1.99 per game. In 2021, 10,744, 1. 1.7, 1 per game. And back in 2019, just a mere what, four years ago, it was 1.46 per game. We said pretty much a couple weeks into the season that balls are flying out of these ballparks now. And listen, I when you see that kind of an uptick across the board, and we know what the Rays have done, which is the Rays have, ne- have not been, you know, one through nine, a prolific home run hitting team. They def- definitely have some guys that can go big fly now, and they're doing it, as we just mentioned. But just a, it's not just the Rays. It's across the league. And that's when I start to think about the baseball because we've had years where the ball was deader and other years where the ball was jumping. And I'm here to tell you, this ball, this ball is jumping this year. Um, and I, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, 
you know, they're testing for everything else. I mean, you know, we'll get to that players too. Are always, yeah, play, yeah, <laughs> players are always one step ahead. Um, but that that's a that's a notable number through this many games. You know what I mean? Like there's there's something is different. And the one thing that the that Major League Baseball does control are the baseballs themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen them wound differently in different years. Mm-hmm. Had more of a light ball, a deader ball, all of that stuff. Well, now they're in um, humidifiers, and they've kind of you know standardized yeah. kind of the way they handle the balls too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what makes this race? team so impressive is you know not only they lead in home runs with uh i think going into tonight home runs or maybe including runs, tonight yeah. 84 home runs 13 ahead of the mm. dodgers mm. but pitching wise they've only given up 35 the third least in a year where they're the, like we just mentioned mm-hmm. every team is up mm-hmm. everybody's up i mean they have a plus 49 home run differential yeah, that's unheard of, by the way. It's just unheard of. I mean, it's stupid, right? I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Bally's just showed a stat, too. Number of games with three-plus home runs for the Rays. They had 13 all of last season. Tonight was 14 for the year. Man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, any number you want to pull up, they're, they're going to be at or near the very top of every offensive list, which is you don't, you don't associate – Run scoring, you know, it's usually not run accumulation, but run prevention when you're talking about the race. But they're still doing that too. They're still playing great defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still they're still pitching very well when you've got your main guys on on the mound. Now they, they've had to spackle it together of late, um, but they're still they're still doing those things too. So okay, so let's so what's really going on here? And and I just want to say off the top that like this this whole radio thing. Uh oh! After two home runs, as we do this live, see so what you get is live, but it's a podcast, so you already know this. Isak Paredes after two home runs just got plunked. <laughs> what do you think? One nobody on and one out. Eh, it wasn't intentional. This ball is a spinner that just didn't spin back and got him on the elbow. Okay, no harm, no foul. Not intentional, but boy, but it happens a lot to the Rays players that hit go yard. It does kind of, especially when you hit it twice. Yeah, off the little elbow and, pad there. It's you know, not a big deal. It's Adam Adovino. Uh, former Yankee. Ball spinning. Former Red Sox. Could just be that he sucks. Well, um, it may be we'll that see. too, but yeah. But that's always interesting when you when you hit a couple of bombs and you get plunked, or you hit a bomb to start the game and get plunked twice, like Randy Rosarena did. All right. So, full disclosure: I am not a fan in general of trumpeting other people's conspiracy theories, okay? I don't believe Oswald acted alone. I'll go I'll say that right off the top. What? Right? Some people do, but breaking I don't. news. I, we I should know. have led the well, podcast with that. Uh, true. I don't have any evidence that that isn't already out there in the libraries. I've looked, I've read all the all the books, but I'm just saying. Okay, Evan. You know. <laughs> I'm just saying. But as far as as far as like, you know, the 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 WFAM radio host or whatever uh, several days ago talking about what's going on. I don't have evidence. I'm just saying. Come on, you know, Taylor Walls, Taylor Walls, and then of course Taylor Walls proceeds to hit a bunch of home runs, including a grand slam to beat the Yankees the other day. Um, I'm just it's tired to me. You know what I mean? Like somebody says something, they they that's it, you know that that's their job. Like it's talk radio. Okay, it's 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 okay. Um, 
I don't think it then becomes like a like it shouldn't be necessarily be like a war, right? Well, those guys, they're Yankee honks. Hey, down here, hey, say that down here, tough guy. Like, it's it's played to me. I don't know. It's just just my personal taste. Having said that, <laughs> no sooner do you know, Karma is my boyfriend, as uh, Tay Tay sings in her one of her latest songs. Uh, no sooner do they put that out there than two things happen with the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're being accused not once but twice in two days. Eh, maybe cheating up there in New York. Um, the first one, which I woke up this morning to and was watching the 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 um, you know Zapruder like replays, was t- uh, Aaron Judge before he just hits an absolute bomb to center field against Toronto. Um, in real time, they say this on the broadcast, and then they show it in slow motion. Where right before the pitch, or when the pitcher's on the mound, just about ready to deliver the ball, you see his eyes shift from the batter's box, his right-handed batter, over to the Yankee dugout along the first baseline, just shift there and stare there for a second, a nanosecond maybe, and then shift back to the pitcher. And then he proceeds to, you know, like I said, hit one nine miles. Now, in real time, they said, "What is he? What is he getting over there? What is he? Why is he looking in the dugout? Uh, maybe he's getting some. I don't know." And then, you know, it's like, "Oh," and they show it again. And now it's the thing, right? Now it's the discussion becomes, you know, they must have some information that that he's looking for as far as pitch selection or location. You know, he wasn't looking back at the at the catcher. Some guys will try to sneak a peek about where they're setting up. Wasn't that he was looking towards the dugout towards the dugout, not not the first base coach, just all the way over. And it seems odd because as a hitter, I'm just here to tell you, like once that guy has the ball in his hand, especially when you can throw it as hard as these guys do, you'd be very well served not to take your eyes off the pitcher ever, okay? You're in the box. Um, he has the ball. At any given moment, um, he's going to begin his wind-up and, and, uh, or go into the stretch or whatever. And, and throw that thing, especially, you know, there's also a pitch clock. So, you know, you got to be mindful of that. He's got to be mindful of that. You have to call timeout, can only get it one time per at bat. Um, there's all these rules and stuff. So you're kind of retraining yourself to stay in the box, you know what I mean? And to keep your eyes focused on the pitcher in the event that he hurries up or or whatnot. To see him look over there like that seems odd to me especially a hitter like Judge. Um, because it seems as if you'd be diverting your, your focus, and that's, that's not what you want to do. Now, as far as, as far as the legality or illegality, like if somebody is relaying something that they're seeing in real time, a signal, you know, that the catcher's not, I mean, nowadays the catcher doesn't even give singles, so it's probably not that. Um because he's usually using an electronic signal. Um, but if it's not that, if it's if it's maybe a subtle setup by the pitcher or something, somebody knows something or thinks they know something, and, and they're just, you know, not, not given any advantage electronically, you know, uh, the way the Houston Astros maybe were, then that's just gamesmanship, right? You always mm-hmm. want to try to get intel. That, I think that's part of the game. I, I've never had a problem with that. You know, if my first base coach, I used to, uh, you know, find myself sometimes looking down at a third base or first base coach, usually as a first base coach because I was a right-handed batter, 
And sometimes they tell you, hey, I'm, I'm this guy, this catcher's not hiding his signs. Do you want to know what's coming? A lot of times I say, no, I don't want to know because it screws you up. But but if there's something like that, that's just part of the game, right? You, you gotta, you're going to try to get information. They're going to try to hide it from you. But if, if there's more than that, obviously, then, it, then it's an issue. When I watch Judge look, a couple things. When I look, watch Judge looked over, look over there, it does look as if he's, getting, he's looking for information. It does look like he's looking over there because he's mm-hmm. trying to see something. He's not just averting his eyes or he has you know some, something in his eye. He's looking over there intentionally, okay? But it's not for long. But when I heard what Judge said, and you think immediately it's got to be somebody's picking up a, 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 you know, a pitch selection. But when you when you talk when you listen to Judge today, and he was he was upset about it, and you hear him say, "Look, I was looking over there because we had had, you know, our manager toss um, had already had already been thrown out, and arguing, you know, balls and strikes. We're losing six to nothing at the time, and there's a lot of bench jockeying going on, and he took offense to it from his own teammates. He took offense to them acting that way down six to nothing." You know, just didn't like the whole bench jockeying going on. And usually in the majors, there's some of that, but not as much. This isn't college baseball or youth baseball. Like, you know, most guys are professional. They'll let the umpires hear about it now and then. And they were really getting on the umpire as much as anybody. But he says he looked over there to try to figure out who among his teammates were the ones that were kind of doing that because he thought it was wrong. You know, he thought... Hey man, you know we're down six nothing. Like this isn't. This, we've had a manager thrown out already for this, and he's the hitter. And to him, it might have been distracting, you know, because he's he he might be out hearing some of this, and he knows the umpire. They're not gonna. He's the umpire's not gonna help him if they continue to stay on him. And the manager's already gotten tossed because he didn't like the balls and strikes. I believe him. I tell you, I believe him. And the reason, one of the reasons I do is that uh, one of our writers that have joined us in the last couple months here is Christy Ackert, who covered the New York Yankees for the Daily News for years. And we just, before this happened, we just got in a conversation one day about what kind of guy Aaron Judge is. He's a stand-up guy. He he is somebody who is also extremely image conscious, right? He he. It bothers him when people write things or say things that aren't true about him. And being in New York, you can imagine that happens from time to time. Um he takes it seriously about his brand, um, about how he's perceived. And I could see him getting kind of like feeling upset that some of his teammates would be doing that down six, nothing. Like, what are we doing? You know, like I want to see who that guy is, you know, so I can come back in there and, and as a, as a captain, you know, say something, pull him aside or whatever. And it might've just been distracting to boot. Now, could he have gotten information? Sure. Anything's possible. I think it's more likely, though, that he was doing exactly what he said, and he addressed it, you know, on um, he addressed it on on Monday or Tuesday. I'm sorry, after uh, or before the game because it because it happened Monday night. So that's that. Um, the other thing <laughs> with the, getting a pitcher thrown out. What else happened? They they got a guy because of an illegal substance or something. Uh, Diego Herman, the starting pitcher. Yeah. After yep. three innings, uh, pulled out for sticky stuff on his fingers, uh, presumably. Sticky they inspected stuff. him, pulled mm. him out. He had his hands on his jersey. You could see some stuff left over when he pulled his hand off his jersey. Yeah. Which means he'll probably be suspended for 10 games, much like Max Scherzer was. Wow. Yeah. 
I don't know where I stand on that, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't, I don't think guys should go out there with a ton of pine tar under their glove and stuff like that. Like, I don't want them to do that. But to be honest with you, we've talked about this before. Like, so many guys can come in out of the bullpen and they, they throw, you know, 98, 99, 100. With a new baseball, even if it's been rubbed up, I would prefer they, they grip it. I prefer they know where it's going. Now, you know, spin rate is a big thing. And so, obviously, you know, the, the better the grip and um, that would play into that some. So, like I said, you, you don't want them to go overboard. But I, I guess I'm not enough of a pitcher to know how advantageous that is if you can get that kind of, uh, of traction on the ball. So I'm split on it. But I look, it, that's something that the umpires are looking for. They, they did it with Scherzer. They, they're, they're gonna, they, they check their gloves coming off. And you got to know that if, you know, now some guys say, well, just sometimes the rosin, if you go to the bag enough and your hands are wet, like you're going to get that tackiness and people are going to think that you have something on your hands after a while. But um, they didn't hesitate on this one. They, they, they ejected him pretty quickly. So two Yankee questions of integrity there. We got some stuff going on in college football and other places we'll get to here in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems in the area for 13 years now. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, plus with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That's for all your appliances. That's what they're calling the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install, and they're going to customize it to your needs. Plus, this is important. They don't use subcontractors. So all those people up there on those uh, on those roofs with the solar panels, those are Billy Mays guys. You know who's exactly doing the job. Start saving right now today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. So we got a little college football discussion, and maybe we need to get Matt Baker on here shortly about that. But um, some discussion about teams in the ACC and whether they're going to continue to be there. Apparently seven schools, including Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech are, quote, interested in exploring ways to leave the conference. Wow. Now, well, that would be the end of the conference. But, the yeah. ACC media deal goes through 2036, I believe. Whew. And the grant of rights getting out of that is supposed to be essentially impossible, although apparently those schools are have lawyers looking into if they could get out of it. Uh, potentially mm-hmm. looking for maybe an eighth team to come on board to give a majority mm. to try to leave. But the, the the other part of this, and I think it was the Athletic that reported it first, that the schools wouldn't want to do it unless they knew they had a landing spot in one of the two biggest leagues, the Big Ten or the SEC. Oh, yeah. Because if you're going to leave the ACC to go to, what, the Pac-12 or the Big, Big 12? Big 12, yeah. You know, are you really stepping up? Right, you know, and and that's you know. So could they could those schools get the Big Ten or SEC to get them to join? Mm-hmm. And and essentially, you know, for those conferences, 
if you add, let's say, the SEC took four of the schools, just for argument's sake, how much more revenues and media deals can you get out of it? And now you've got to divide everything by 20 instead of 16. So mm-hmm. is it worth it for schools to add those? Mm-hmm. Is it worth it for the SEC? The Big Ten the same way. You know, that's always part of the the geographic part of the Big Ten. You know, I mean, the SEC went and got Oklahoma and Texas to expand into to the, the middle of the country there. The Big Ten adding USC, UCLA, adding California for things like the Big Ten Network and, and that. I mean, you know, the geographic part of it adds number of television markets for your channels, SEC Network, the Big Ten Network, et cetera. So it'll be it'll be interesting, but if those seven schools are looking to get out of the ACC, yeah, that's not you know. good. I, listen, the thing I don't get about the ACC, and, and of course they've locked themselves into some, you know, less than great contracts, obviously. But I mean, there's some huge football brands, right? Mm-hmm. In in that in that comp- can you talk about Clemson? You're talking about Florida State, Miami. And I know these, you know, Clemson, of course, has been in the National College Championship picture mm-hmm. for years and years now. Florida State may be on their way back. Miami has struggled to get back to what they've been back, you know, mm-hmm. when they were relevant. But still, those are big brands in college football. And if you're not getting the sort of TV money or even close to it that teams in the SEC or teams in the Big Ten are getting, it's got to be a competitive disadvantage. It's got to be a huge disadvantage for those schools. Mm-hmm. And they see it. They see it coming. And, and the league itself, while there's some good teams there, um, you know, I can I, I can see a day where there's going to be, you know, maybe three power five type, you know, big big time conferences that are going to run football. I mean, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to run football. They already do, in essence. Um, some good teams in the Pac-12, but who knows how long that stays together. So I, I would be doing everything I could if I were mm-hmm. Florida State or Miami or Clemson to try to get to one right. of those power conferences. And here's the sticking point. And every school in the ACC with their media deal that goes through 2036 has grant has a grant of rights to the ACC. Mm-hmm. Which means even if you pay the exit fee and leave the conference, the ACC will continue to own your broadcast rights for all your team's home games well, through right. 2036. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is there a dollar figure that schools can pay to get those rights back? To get out of that, yeah. That is the question. You know, and so and that's 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 where the legal part of it comes in is is, you know, can Florida State or Clemson or the group come to the ACC with a dollar figure, probably hundreds mm-hmm. of millions. I mean, yeah. you're talking 12 years of grant of rights. Yeah. You know, that's where UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten, and there's potential that other schools from the Pac-12 could leave because the Pac-12's media deal rights are up now. They're negotiating media rights deals now. Once those are signed, the schools in the Pac-12 will have given their grant of rights through that media deal. That's how you get these deals done. The ACC, it was the timing of it. They they simply are locked up, Mm -hmm. whereas some of these other media rights were coming up, and they've obviously had a windfall. So USC and UCLA left before those rights were given up, and that's they're mm-hmm. joining the Big Ten. And there's talk that possibly Oregon and Washington may follow to the Big Ten. Right. And you know, But they would want to do it before the Pac-12 signs their media rights deal because at that point then they've granted their rights to the Pac-12, which is how you get the television deal and the money from ESPN or Fox or CBS or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking of Florida State, it was announced that the Florida State Seminoles and LSU, the Tigers, they're going to face off in Orlando to open their 2023 seasons. Mm-hmm. Neutral site game be played Sunday. I'm not a big Sunday college football guy, but it's before the NFL starts. Yeah, it's Labor Day Sunday, weekend. Sept- so. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Sunday, September 3rd at 7.30 uh, p.m., televised nationally on ABC from Camping World Stadium in Orlando. So that's a big one. It's the uh, the fourth in a multi-year agreement between Florida Citrus Sports and ESPN. So right off the bat, Florida State will be tested by, you know, again, another strong brand in the SEC. So that that's a good one. That's I'll a look great, forward to that. great opening weekend game. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, to be honest, I like some Sunday games in that Labor Day weekend because there's no NFL. That's true. Yeah. I mean, in the Why NFL, not? the NFL's last preseason game now isn't even the Thursday before Labor Day. It's actually the Saturday before because they're only doing three there's preseason three. games. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you've got, you know, most people have the weekend off. Why not have a Sunday night game? Sure. Why not have, you know, there's usually there's a Monday night game too on Labor Day weekend. I think you're I'm, right. I'm sure there is this year, and I could look it up real quick here. No, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. And then the NFL does that, you know, conversely, when they get to the end of the season and college football is over and awaiting the bowl season, then the NFL will play some games on Saturday. Well, and they're, uh, they're, they're playing Black the Friday now, and they're they're taking everything. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you see there's going to be the first playoff game that will be streamed in the NFL now? Mm-hmm. So that Peacock. means, yeah, man, and I have it, but mm-hmm. – that means a little revenue for for more networks. Peacock owned by NBC. Yep. And it's going to be pay to play a playoff game if you want to see it on that particular day. So we are we are going through the looking glass now because free TV has been what this league has been about up until this point. So watch out, folks, because <laughs> once they realize you'll pay to watch your teams play. And not just from the NFL ticket standpoint, but actually, oh, there's a playoff game? Oh, darn, I don't get it. Oh, I can stream it? Yeah, that's a game changer right there. That's a game changer, and the rights fees will continue to grow and be enormous. The college football game on Labor Day is Clemson at Duke. Okay. Well, not as exciting because at least Duke's not expected to be necessarily as good as Clemson, but we'll see. Um, Again, another ACC matchup there. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Finally, there uh, was some news in the world of broadcasting, if you will. And this one's interesting to me, and I've been on his show and what he has created. Um, currently with FanDuel uh, for a for a punter slash kickoff guy from the Indianapolis Colts. Pat McAfee's show um, is one that is, I, I think, one of the best on television, but or streaming, I should say. But here's the thing. Like, my son, and, and you know, he's in that, you know, 25 to 30 age group. You know, he's like 26 years old or whatever. Um he will get up every day. Now, he's in Denver, Colorado, so there's a two-hour time difference. But the first thing he'll turn on is Pat McAfee. And it's on until the show is over. He loves that show. Gets all his information from that show. Um, loves it when A.J. Hawk is on. Loves it, loves, knows all the names of all the guys on with McAfee. 
And McAfee's an incredible story and a really a great talent um, in, in television to boot. I mean, who'd have thought, you know, he's got this studio in Indianapolis where, he, you know, it's got a basketball court and different things, and he's sitting there in his tank top and swearing all over the place, and it just absolutely cut on. Cut on. And then he got an opportunity with ESPN to join College Game Day. Um, last season, which I thought he was fantastic on that. And that, that seemed to be a, a natural transition for him. Now comes the news that, that he may be going to the worldwide leader altogether now. He is, and apparently going to be an eight-figure deal. He's walking away from a four-year, $120 million deal from FanDuel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to ESPN. Uh, his show will remain on YouTube, but an hour or two a day will be on ESPN and ESPN's YouTube channel and others. Um, he has vowed to limit the use of the F word uh, in the in the show. <laughs> here, at least, well, if you're on ESPN, if he's on TV, he's, he, yeah, he can't use it. Yeah, well, it's cable. Rules. ESPN's cable. There's there is no FCC rules according to that. Oh, that's true. You're right. You're um, right. It's not over the air, but ESPN doesn't allow that on. There they don't air. use profanity, right? Yeah. Um, so it'll it's uh, interesting move. I mean, ESPN in the process of laying off seven thousand employees. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you have a chance to get one of the biggest stars in sports media at this point, well, the, the you have people to go they for that. pay, the people they pay is talent, mm-hmm. right? That they have no trouble paying for programming and talent. There was a lot of editorial type behind the scenes people that got laid off a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, uh, some folks I I've heard of and others I know have worked with these folks and it's disappointing. But it happens. But no, the big talent, the people that bring in the big advertisers with programming, a guy like McAfee, they don't have any trouble paying those guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's great distribution for him. It's just an incredible story, man. The dude was just, he's a punter slash kickoff guy from the Colts that turns this into this ridiculous career and one of the biggest voices in sports now, you know, because he's on so many platforms and stuff. And he knows it and he's blessed and he's humble about it, um, can talk any sport, you know. Ask great questions. And of course, I don't think it hurt him that with A.J. Hawk on there, he got into this relationship where on Tuesdays Aaron Rodgers would come on and all the drama that's been part of A-Rodge the last two years. Those were all exclusive interviews that made headlines all over the country, you know, right up until and after the Jets trade. So, you know, that, that was a boon for him, obviously, to uh, to have those kinds of, you know, exclusive interviews with with guys like Aaron Rodgers. But he's done phenomenal and like i said the times i've been on those guys are more than gracious they're very personable um they take their time to learn you know who they're having on and and what the news of the day is and all that stuff so they do a really good job i'm happy for them yeah one other note too the nba draft lottery was tuesday night the san antonio spurs don't stink very often when they do they've got the number one they've got the number one pick three times now (laughs) yeah uh david robinson Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan, right, and now Victor Wembanyama, yep, who's uh, yep. a generational big man again. You know how you stay in coaching? You get really good players, and Greg Popovich has managed to do that, hadn't he? He uh, wins yes. those lottos when he needs them, man. The Admiral David Robinson. I mean, come on, you know Tim Duncan? Are you kidding me? The franchise win a couple of what four or five you know, NBA titles with him, and, and then they do it again. I mean, things are good in San Antonio, and that might be why he didn't didn't give up his gig. But, yeah, 
it's it's, it's incredible that that you've you know reminds me and not not through the lottery but it reminds me a little bit of the Packers where you go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and for like 30 years mm-hmm. you have a, a perennial pole, pro bowl you know slash super bowl caliber quarterback you know um, well the Colts were supposed to have that with Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck but Andrew Luck they would have yeah and I thought they did to be honest with you they had one bad year of Peyton hurt and then mm-hmm, that got him that got him Andrew number one overall so some teams just know how to time it right, but yeah, certainly San Antonio is that. And now Pop can coach until he's eighty or yeah, he may never retire now. Yeah, there's no need if, to. If this I mean, kid's geez. as good as he's supposed to be. So what they're saying, man. So what they're saying. We're down to the final four in the NBA now. So that and be the NHL but, and the NHL. That's right. Yeah, you've got what Carolina and Florida in the East. Yep, and then and Dallas and Vegas in the West. Yeah. Yeah, tough, uh, tough game, two to one game. The Kraken lost to Dallas the other night. I sent you a great graphic earlier. We were texting back and forth on. Uh, I think mm. CBS posted this one. Right. The conference final appearances by Dallas-based teams since two thousand. The Stars four, the Mavs four, the Rangers <laughs> two, the still. Cowboys. <laughs> I really believe that this is our year because we haven't yeah, yeah. done it since nineteen ninety five. How about them Cowboys? We did it our way, baby. That was the Barry Switzer year. Yeah. Man, that's a long time. Yeah, every other day, I said that to my wife the other day. I go, look, the Stars are about to go back mm-hmm. to the conference championship and maybe the Stanley Cup for, like, the second time in four years or whatever. I go, Jerry can't get a sniff of a playoff, <laughs> more than one playoff series. Yeah. I mean, they beat, they beat the hell out of the Bucks. I'll give them that. But that was, they were one and done after that. Oh, yeah, one, so. other, one other stat on the Rays, just real quick before we wrap up. I mm-hmm. sent this to you, too, from SIS Baseball. Uh, a mm-hmm. really good analytical site. The best teams at turning grounders or bunts into outs in baseball. The Rays are number one at 77.6%. Wow. You know, all the talk of the shift and mm-hmm. how that would affect things. And, and the Rays are leading the teams and best at turning grounders and bunts into outs. The worst are the Reds at 65.6%. Wow. And if you want to know how big that gap is, if the Rays had the Reds' success rate, They'd have turned mm-hmm. 60 fewer grounders or bunts into outs. That's a lot of hits, man. 60 yeah. from the best to the worst through about a quarter of the season. A lot of guys on base. And we said it at the beginning of the year. We know even without the shift, the Rays will benefit because of the athleticism that they had. Watt and Franco went in the hole and made a play um, the other night that, that was phenomenal against against the Mets. It was reviewed and it was bang bang. I thought it. I thought it was, it was safe, but I mean, it was. I thought it was, it was safe bang, too, bang. but they upheld it because it was close enough, and they, you know, they had called him out, so you needed conclusive evidence, which I thought they had, but they didn't get it. But like, just the athleticism of that defense is is really really something. It's yeah, special. That was crazy. And they they catch the ball and you know and hit. I mean, just continue to hit Harold Ramirez. So they didn't have Yandi. So Harold Ramirez leads off and goes three for five. <laughs> I mean, hey, Brandon Lau, two hey, hits, man. Was, can they Come just put now. Brandon Lau the first spot? Maybe he can start hitting? I mean, Well, that's what Madden used to do. You know, know. Madden had the thing. Yep. He was the crazy guy. It was like, if you're in a slump, he'd bat the guy leadoff. And he'd tell him, no, I want, you're the leadoff guy. I want you to see a lot of pitches. And, of course, the first way to get yourself out of a slump is actually see the ball. Mm-hmm. And so if you're up there, you know, cognitively saying, I, I need to get this guy to throw me a lot of pitches so we can see him the first time around. Um, that can sometimes help you get out of it. And so he used to do that as, as a matter of, of just helping guys that were struggling. But, 
Uh, Brandon's had now three hits in the last two games and a couple RBIs and sack fly. He's starting to come yeah. around a little bit, man. I think he went two for five on Tuesday, and now yeah. he's batting 197. So, you know, getting there. Almost almost to the Mendoza line. Yeah, <laughs> almost there. He's going to be fine. I just don't understand why they bat him third or fourth. They just, just wax, that whacks me out. I don't quite get that. I mean, is it such an insult to be hitting in the you know, well, sixth? The, to me, the biggest was when they didn't pinch hit for him the other night, and then you pinch hit for Josh Lowe three batters later. Yeah, that was dumb. You know, that, that was, was like, dumb. it was like, okay, you're going to pinch hit for the lefty in this situation. Yeah, don't make it, Josh. Yeah. yeah. No, it, the, the nights he was having, it was, what, eight RBI in the, that night and the night before. Yeah. But. Yeah. Tyler Glass now. Here's the numbers. Four innings, three hits, nine strikeouts in four innings. Just one walk, 57 pitches. Glass is ready. Glass is almost ready. That's going to be so interesting to see him come back. And he'll add a lot to the clubhouse as well because he's a good dude. All right, so uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, certainly the Rays will continue their series against the New York Mets. We'll have plenty to talk about. You guys can always submit uh, mailbag questions. We had a bunch of them the other day. And we go back and listen to that mailbag. It was pretty good. But you can still do that anytime. Uh, send them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. Reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.